Open your Bibles to our scripture for today. It's a one-verse a scripture. It says a whole lot. We're not going to take the time to read the whole uh, paragraph. Um, since if you remember from last week, I preached from the whole list of names, the first 17 ver uh, ver uh, verses of this chapter in Matthew chapter 1. So open your Bibles as we read this one verse. But before we do that, would you please bow your heads with me as we seek the Lord in prayer. Father God, your people are here once more because you have called all of us here from different walks of life, from different places, different situations, circumstances, with our aches and pains, our gains and our losses. losses. And we have all come here to worship you and to be filled with your presence. So we pray that your spirit will be with us as, you have, as your son has promised where two or three are gathered in your name. I am there. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 says, She, that is Mary, will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Christmas is a big paradox. It is a big paradox because nowhere is Christmas commanded in Scripture that we should keep it. It doesn't really occupy the ranks of, say, even the Ten Commandments or even the, um, yeah, the, uh, the Golden Rule. Nowhere is it commanded, and yet it is everywhere celebrated. It is a paradox, and I cannot remember a time in my own life when we, that is my family, my family of origin, and now my own family, with my kids and my, and my, uh, my wife and I and our extended family, I cannot remember a time in my life when we did not celebrate Christmas. Because Christmas is ubiquitous this time of the year. And every year we seem to be faced with a choice. Because in the back of our, our minds, there's always that, always that voice that seems to, to, to clamor for, that clamors for our attention, saying that probably we shouldn't be keeping Christmas or we shouldn't be celebrating Christmas because it is a pagan holiday. We have, as it's, it seems to me, at least three choices to make this time of the year. We can either reject Christmas we can accommodate Christmas, or we can redeem Christmas. When I was, uh, when I was a teenager, I remember um, having a very serious discussion with, uh, well, Dave here. What a beautiful story of how Dave proposed to his wife and ending up proposing to himself. <laughs> Or something like that. At least the ring, the ring got in um, Laura Lee's ring finger. Um, when I was a teenager, I was having a very heavy discussion about Christmas with my first girlfriend. Because my first girlfriend was a Jehovah's Witness. And those of you that know Jehovah's Witnesses, they do not celebrate Christmas. Um, 
And I remember writing some love letters, and those love letters ended up being theological debates. And uh, it was just one of those things that I just couldn't, you know, uh, couldn't... uh, uh, um, It it was so tempting for me because I knew exactly what she believed in. Um, And that, um, you know, an opportunity came and I started writing and then it all became a theological discussion. And we know about the history of of Christmas and, and we can marshal all the historical evidence... Uh, against Christmas celebration, and there are many, many of them. And if we look around us, we see a lot of, of the trappings of Christmas that we find to be far less than what we would consider Christian. So I suppose that one choice that we can make at Christmas time is to simply say, Christmas is not for me. We dismiss it, we reject it as certain wings of of. Uh, I should say even Christians probably would even, would even do. And we have met those Christians as well. And I have no intentions and no wishes of, of demonizing them. Or we can choose to accommodate the season as best we can. These are the ones that I would consider, that I would say are the happy holidays folk. Uh, you've, you've probably, some of us are here are, that are, are, are more or less this. We start writing our Christmas uh, cards and, 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 and we avoid the word Christmas because uh, this is really more like a halfway, uh, this, is, this, is, this position is a little bit closer to the first one that I mentioned. Um, but that's the thinking is this, that Christmas is not commanded in Scripture and so if I don't keep Christmas, we don't keep Christmas, we don't celebrate Christmas, there's nothing wrong with it. And I must say, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and of course, the ubiquity, the ubiquity of Christmas, everybody seems to be celebrating, means that we cannot avoid it. So we must accommodate somehow, and we don't want to be a wet blanket on Christmas and pretend that it's not happening and nobody's celebrating it. And so, uh, so you know, we, we'll treat it as a holiday, but we'll treat it as a holiday as Christians should keep a good holiday. Any good holiday, for that matter. Which means, Martinelli's. Which means vegetarian dish. Which means, if you're not a good old Adventist, no dancing. <laughs> Things like that. And we go and buy the greeting cards and, and, we, and we greet everybody. Um, we write it down and then we greet everybody we see. Avoiding that word Christmas, we say, happy holidays. Once again, I don't make any value, value judgment on uh, fellow Christians who think, think this way. In my own opinion, it's almost worse than the first. And then, of course, we have a third choice. A third choice is something that perhaps goes without saying, but it's in the title of the sermon today. We can choose to redeem Christmas. Now, the word redeem basically means to buy back. 
Why should we we redeem Christmas? What is there to redeem? I must say that uh, just, you know, um, a few weeks ago, we, there are, uh, to me, there are holidays not worth redeeming at all. And in my opinion, one of them is Halloween. But I'm here to tell you, and to, make, to propose to you, that Christmas, as, as, as it's celebrated, is worth redeeming. Redeeming it in the, uh, uh, from the many trappings that are not or far, be, uh, far beneath Christian values that we hold dear. Commercialism and all the rest of the negative trappings of Christmas. But why is it that we need to redeem Christmas? Isn't the story, doesn't the story say, and it was just related to us today, just a few moments ago, that the reason for Christmas is that Jesus Christ came to save us, now we need to save it? Christmas itself. And I'm here to propose to you a very simple idea that in the midst of all the negative trappings of Christmas, there's something that is far bigger than the best idea there you might find in this world. It's far better than, and far bigger than the idea of the best holiday there is. And it's far bigger, far better than the idea of the, the best holy day there is. And it's far bigger and better than the idea of a birthday. It is the idea of what Christmas truly represents. If we sift through all the morass of competing voices at Christmas, competing storylines at Christmas, to find that what undergirds Christmas is a myth. Now, I need to stop here and, and, um, and, and um, define for all of us here what I mean by that word myth. Myth is a very negative term a lot of times. And that, some, you know, the basic definition of a myth is something that is not true. A story that is so fantastic, it's not true. We, we're surrounded by myths. And as a matter of fact, we are creatures that are fond, uh, that we're myth-creating creatures. In other words, if there is no myth at all in this world, we would, we would soon create one. Because of what myth is and what myth does. We are accustomed of hearing about myths that are stories of things that are so fantastic, so untrue. Like the Gringe. Like Santa Claus. And all the things that seem to, seem to clutter our Christmas. All of those things are myths and human beings are myth-creating beings because of what myths represent and what myths do. Myths are not simply just stories that aren't true. There are stories that create meaning. There are stories that create purpose in life. And Christmas represents represents perhaps the biggest or the greatest, the grandest myth there is, the myth, the one myth that actually came true. 
And that myth is what you was described on that video just a while ago. It is the myth, the overarching story that we find in the pages of scripture that supersedes every concern that we might have about the authenticity of Christmas itself as, you know, as, as, as a holiday or as, even as a holy day. Because I'm not talking about myth as a false idea or belief, but myth as the one true or the truest story ever told that was so fantastic until it came true. It came true when Jesus Christ was born that day in Bethlehem. And in that way, Christmas precedes, of course, not just in time, but precedes in some ways even Easter or precedes, uh, precedes the crucifixion. And in some sense, we can say it is even more important than the crucifixion in the sense that without the birth, without Christmas itself, there is no crucifixion. And without Christmas, there is no resurrection. I was reading in preparation for today's sermon the story of how C.S. Lewis, who was a, an atheist, um, became a Christian and, and he, had, he, he, had, he was very fortunate to have had some good friends and several of those good friends were good Christians and one of them you happen to probably know and he's the writer of the, the famous, the famous uh, um, book series Lord of the Rings which by the way just, to, uh, just to, as, a, as a tangent it's just for a couple seconds here is itself also a myth uh, C.S. Lewis's friend, of course, is J.R.R. Tolkien. And, and J.R.R. Tolkien, um, uh, in, in his study of, of, of literature, of ancient literature, Western literature, uh, realized that the English language has no myth of its own. They have no grand story that was written down by some author like the Greeks do. Um, you know, the, the Odyssey and, and, and what have you. And, and, other, and other, on every other um, cultures in the world, they have their own myths. And we've read them. We, we tell about those, those myths, those stories that help us create meaning in our lives and, create, and help create purpose in our lives. And, um, and he, realized this, he realized that the English don't have one. And so guess what he did? He made one. And it's called the Lord of the Rings. And, 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 and making that, and he, told, he tells the story, and, and we are gravitated towards stories like that. And in this world, I was telling my, uh, my Sabbath school class here this just uh, uh, an hour ago, um, that yes, it is true, that if, if, if you haven't heard of a myth, you are going to soon create one of your own. Because that's how we create meaning in our lives. There, in, in, in some real sense, we cannot create meaning and purpose in our life apart from myths. And in this modern world, there seems to be, the world that seems to be divided between two uh, big myths, all right? Those that believe in, or, or, or the, the trekkers on one side. Are there any trekkers here? And then there are those that are into Star Wars. I was reading a story about, uh, you know, uh, an article about uh, George Lucas and, and how he created this myth 
of the Star Wars, the Star Wars myth. And at the very end of this series of, 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 of stories, of, of movies, and, and how at the very end he, he does something that is not normally, uh, that is not normal in, 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 in myth-making and that he kills his own hero. Luke Skywalker is dead. And then he tries to describe, the, you know, uh, to, 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 uh, to explain why he does that. And that in the myth that he creates, the, the message that he wants to, to, to get across people, uh, to anyone that cares to, to listen or to, to understand beyond, you know, the, the, the fascinating scenes of what you see in the movies themselves, that he wants to, to, to convey the meaning, uh, the most profound meaning to him. And the meaning is simple, simply this. The technology cannot save you. I don't know how he came, across, came, came to that conclusion or why. You know, I don't see that in what I, whenever I see, whenever I, 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 I view or I watch uh, um, his, um, his films. But that's the meaning of the myth that he's created. But Christmas outranks all of these myths because it is the one myth that actually came true. That all of those promises that were given by God in the Old Testament, the reason why this is the one myth that came true it is it's because this is the one myth in the world that was not created by human beings, but it was created by God. And it was God himself who made sure that the story becomes the truest story you can ever tell yourself. And as true as it is, it is for human beings to be myth makers, it is also true for human beings to be ritual, people, ritual beings. And the way we, the way we uh, uh, strengthen the myths that we have created for ourselves or that we believe in is through regular, regularly making them as part of our rituals. Last night, if you were here, this sanctuary was full. One of the rituals of Christmas, of our Christmas in, the, in our community, is when our Pine Hills Adventist Academy students come here and they sing all the Christmas carols that they've been practicing for weeks and perhaps months. And I was here. That is redeeming Christmas. When we not only rediscover the myth behind the story, but when we take the time to sift through all the things that we do around this time of the year and make sure that what we end up doing are the ones that would uphold that one myth that binds them all. That Jesus Christ the one that was promised many, many years ago, no less than by God himself, came as God said he would to save all of us from all our sins. And all the things that we do at Christmas ought to be only because of that. And to whatever extent that a lot of our own celebrations do not meet that, I'll leave it up to you which ones you should cut out 
of your Christmas celebrations and which ones you should keep and which new traditions you should begin to have as a family in order to keep that one story, the truest story of all, forefront in our consciousness, in our minds, in our lives. This to me is what it means to redeem Christmas and to not only say happy, happy holidays this time of the year or to perhaps to, to go way beyond just ignoring that Christmas is there. We cannot escape it. And I was reading, and I, I wasn't able to put it up here on the screen, a, uh, an article that was written by Ellen White many years ago because she too was asked this question um, about whether or not we should uh, keep Christmas. And I'm glad that she answered the way she did because she, what she essentially says is this. That there's a witness to be gained by keeping Christmas. Because as, 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 as people in this world, as Christians, we do not, do, we do not always choose what gets handed what get handed to us. And because the whole world is thinking about Christmas, thinking about Christ in some vague ways, or some less than Christian ways, the, the, the fact of the matter is that they are. And because they are, we should be too. And because we are, we should be making sure that the one myth that did come true is the one that gets heard at Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. May you have many more to come. God bless you all. Would you please join me as we sing our closing song, as we silence ourselves today and in the days ahead as we reflect about the meaning of Christmas and how we can truly keep Christmas. Let us pray. Father God, thank you that Jesus Christ has been born. He's lived his life. He's died for our sins. He's resurrected from the dead. And he's coming again. All these things are true about our faith. All these things are true about that one myth that came true. All the myths we tell each other are often untrue. This one is true. So as we celebrate Christmas today, help us to remember always what this myth is all about and to celebrate with intent that not only should we tell ourselves about this myth and our children about this myth that came true, but others as well, that they too, they too may believe in this one story that surpasses all the rest. In Jesus' name, amen.